chapter 15 and the first six verses of 16 and I encourage you uh, chapter 16 of Ezekiel is probably the most difficult one of the if, Lee House asked me to read Ezekiel <laughs> that's why I preach to Ezekiel and this is, a, this is why I didn't want to preach uh, yeah. You're so, your associate pastor. My associate pastor will read the rest of the chapter. <laughs> it is a powerful, uh, it is powerful truth in the Word of God. So give your attention to the Word of God. Ezekiel 15 through 16, verse 6. And the Word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, how does the wood of the vine surpass any wood? The vine branch that is among the trees of the forest. Is wood taken from, from it to make anything? Do people take a peg from it to hang any vessel on it? Behold, it is given to the fire for fuel. And when the fire has consumed both ends of it and the middle of it is charred, is it useful for anything? Behold, when it was whole, it was used for nothing. How much less... When the fire has consumed it and it is charged, can it ever be used for anything? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so have I given up the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And I will set my face against them. Though they escape from the fire, the fire shall yet consume them, and they will know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. And I will make the land desolate, because they have acted faithlessly, declares the Lord God. And again the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations, and say, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your origin and your birth are the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite, and your mother was a Hittite. And as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor rubbed with salt, nor wrapped in swaddling clothes. No, I pitied you to do any of these things to you out of compassion for you, but you were cast out on the open field. For you were aboard on that day that you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you wallowing in your blood, I said to you in your blood, live. And I said to you in your blood, live. Father, blessed to your understanding this morning, the reading of your infallible, inerrant word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Indeed, I believe uh, Captain House's final mission was to bring uh, David Zadok here. Uh, he got to, David and uh, Lee were friends uh, uh, 30 years ago uh, in San Diego, at least. Or, and and uh, some of you have seen this wonderful tribute that Anna Mae Hummel has put together of Captain House. And David saw this picture and he says, 
that's the guy I remember. <laughs> Uh, and if you if you want to see this memoir, there are some copies available. I think in the library still. Some are signed. Uh, this was not not my signed copy. So, but if we run out, I bet we can get some more made. But uh, what a what a wonderful blessing! And thanks thanks to Ina May and the others who helped uh, uh, us do uh, us to have that. Uh, what a blessing. How many hats? We, somebody asked David Zadok how many hats he wore in his ministry in Israel, and he said he had a small head, so he could wear a lot of hats. Um, how many hats did Lee House wear in this church? He was an elder. He was the stated clerk, which is a huge job taken on by the very able Jeff Tuning in his, uh, his succession. He um, was our treasurer. He... He uh, uh, was our greeting committee, a nursery coordinator, and uh, a host of other things. We, we will have uh, probably uh, uh, the Samaritan's uh, uh, Christmas child program head. We will have like 10 people uh, to replace uh, one uh, for Lee. So their words fail in terms of his life of service not into his nation as a 30-year submariner, but also to the Lord's Church and what he used to affectionately call the use of the church in San Diego and New Life uh, Presbyterian Church there and the church here. Lee was very adamant that he did not uh, want a funeral and what he didn't plan for was Sunday morning worship. <laughs> yeah. uh, he loved the Lord. That's the main thing you can say about Lee and say about uh, anyone um, in his walk on this earth. Um, I'm going to try to uh, bear up and... Uh, man up, but it's, uh, if I don't, you understand. Uh, but what Lee knew most of all was grace and forgiveness and mercy. Um, and I think that's why he loved Ezekiel so much. Because Ezekiel is about what God's people in rebellion deserve. It's about God's judgment, his fierce judgment. And yet, in almost every page of this book, as is true of the whole Bible, in the midst of his just and righteous judgment, there is mercy. Our text talks about Israel as a vine. It follows the scripture in so, many, in so many other places, Psalm 80, um, I think we're going to sing that tonight. No, we're going to sing, we're going to sing uh, 84, which is uh, his life verse, which is, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the unrighteous. We'll sing that tonight. To book in the service that we began with his life uh, 
Psalm 80 is a companion text to chapter 15. It is about Israel being a vine. That's the name of uh, David Zadok's uh, ministry, Agathan, the vine that grows. God's people are called that in Psalm 80, verses 8 and 9. You brought a vine out of Egypt, and you planted it. You cleared the ground, and it took deep root, and, you, and it filled the land. He follows Isaiah, Ezekiel follows Isaiah 5, let me, where the prophet Isaiah says, Let me sing a song for my beloved who had a vineyard and planted a choice vine in a fertile hill. Jeremiah 2, 21, I planted a choice vine, holy of pure seed. How then have you rebel against the Lord. Hosea that David Zadar preached from talks about in chapter 10 talks about the vine and how the more it spread in the time of rebellion the more idolatrous it became. Our Lord Jesus uh, as he prepared to go to Jerusalem and the cross in Matthew 21 told a, a, a parable of the tenants of a vineyard rudely they were treated and how, how the Lord will one day come and give them recompense. This text talks about the worthlessness of a grapevine for doing anything. And so, and if you've ever been around grapevines, you know exactly the, what the text is talking about. If you, it's, you couldn't, he says you can't even hang up, uh, make a peg out of it. There's nothing uh, about it that is useful. And not only is this useless vine uh, to make anything out of, uh, it's been burned. It's been burned on two ends. And many commentators think it's a reference to uh, the Egyptians on one side who were attacking uh, Israel and the Babylonians on the other. This vine is going to be burned. What's left of this burnt vine is going to be burned some more. It's about God's fiery judgment. What befell Israel before, 140 years before Ezekiel prophesied will befall Judah and the temple. We hear, some, some of us know a little bit about the Jewish holidays. When uh, David Zadar was here, he reminded me of one. He told me one I've, I've never even followed. Never, I didn't even know existed. It's called Tish Baals. It's the date that the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And it's, uh, it's held every August, around the 9th of August. And I didn't know this, but the date is exactly the same date that it fell in 586 BC that it was destroyed again by fire in AD 70. And the Jewish rabbis take it a step further and said it's the same date 
that the that the um, judgment fell on Israel when they refused to enter into the land. It is a day of mourning and a day of sadness. It's a day of judgment that is coming. The Bible is very clear that what was true of the judgment of the temple is also true of the judgment of the world. And that one day, just as the first temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by fire, and the second, hundreds of years later, was likewise destroyed by fire, so will the whole earth be destroyed by fire. And for those who insist that global warming is a thing, I think as believers in the Bible, we can say, yes, it certainly is. <laughs> One day it's going to be really hot. And it's all going to burn. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? The application is the same. So it's so redundant. That's the other thing about Ezekiel. It's redundant. It says the same thing over and over again. And that is repent. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your evil. Turn to the Lord. I, Lee chose, he had a couple of life verses. One was Psalm 80, 14. Another one was Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. The, um, the title of his uh, of memoir there that uh, Anime's done is Passing Through the Waters. As a young, a youngish, younger naval officer, toward the end of his career, he was decommissioning a uh, hunter attack submarine, taking it out of uh, San Francisco Bay. I, I didn't know this, I didn't know anything about uh, nuclear submarines until I met Lee House, and I still don't know much. But I do know what he told me, um, which makes total sense from my very limited military experience, that the commander was always the last one to go below deck to make sure the exit from the harbor is safe. And Lee and, and his um, second in command were on deck going out of San Francisco Bay, and if you've ever seen that, turbulent water, you know how fierce it is. And he said he knew he was tr in trouble when he looked up and he saw the screws of a massive auto truck. And he knew that was 20 feet above, above his head. And so he took his submarine on what was going to be its final cruise. And as he is going out, the wave overwhelmed him and his executive officer and he uh, they had they knew to tie a, a lanyard around his uh, leg because two years before uh, another submarine commander was lost permanently at sea and Lee went down into the water and the next thing he remembers is knocking on the side of the ship by the rope, and they pulled him out. And in his book, he writes about God's faithful 
promise to preserve his people. I'll read Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now says the Lord, he created you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Lee House, in his life, got to experience not only spiritual redemption and the joy of heaven, but he knew what it was like to nearly be overwhelmed by the waters and God's miraculous deliverance from those waters. There is this great promise in this text. As brutal and, and harsh as this whole text is, there's this incredible promise that even in the midst of faithfulness, that God loves his people. You see Israel's hopeless condition in, in verses 1 and 2. The word of God came to me, son of man, make known to Jerusalem her abominations. And say to, and thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, your origin and your birth are from the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother was a Hittite. That's God calling Israel names because of their rebellion. God cannot turn away from rebellion and wickedness. He must deal with it. It's part of his character. Goes on to describe the 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 uh, condition that Jerusalem was was first in as an exposed uh, infant laying on the side of the road helpless the other great defining moment for Jan and Lee Jan met I think Lee or they were already married when that accident occurred but not long after they went to the other coast and the, the heart of uh, both of them is amazing. Uh, there was a shaken baby that needed foster care, and they took her into their life. And Teresa, some of you met Teresa, and it became apparent that Teresa would never, never see, never uh, rise above a three-year-old in her abilities. And they decided to adopt her. And they loved that baby for 25 years. It's a picture of helplessness and weakness. You will never come to faith in Christ, the true faith in Christ, until you understand how hopelessly blind and weak and feeble you are. 
that you are like an exposed infant in the ancient world. That was, that was their primary method of abortion in the ancient world. They would expose the infants. And here's an exposed, the picture in Ezekiel is an exposed infant lying on the road after birth, ready to die. And God comes and speaks words of life, commands that baby to live. It is indeed about God's amazing grace. A word that gives hope where there is no hope. Jay said so well at the beginning, in order to come to understand that hope, you've got to begin by confessing that you're a sinner. That your condition is is hopeless and helpless before a living God. That God must change you and transform you and bring you into his house and love you and minister to you his grace. Even the ability to choose him is evidence that he has chosen you by his grace. I urge you this morning, do not harden your heart. Turn to the Lord, who is compassionate and gracious. Do not go on in rebellion, but believe in the Lord Jesus and live. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to worship you today. Thank you for the word, which is alive and powerful. anyone hears your word this morning who is dead in trespasses and sin, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, we pray for the Holy Spirit to come and change them from death into life. Fill each one here with the great hope of the resurrection unto eternal life. We deserve death and judgment, but you give us grace, and you give us hope, and you give us joy. May we have that in abundance today, in Jesus' name.